podcast i'm your host peter joined as always by enric your other co-host enric how are you doing how are you uh enjoying this world cup i know i've been really really stoked on it been watching all the games at work all the games that i've been you know um, awake for um how are you how are you liking this period is it living up to expectations yeah cup is pretty exciting for just like you, I'm having a little bit of a hard time watching all the games, but I'm trying my best sometimes watching games live, sometimes uh, the highlights on YouTube. But overall, it's been a good experience, and I can't wait to see how everything ends up for each team. Yeah, I'm much the same way. I am just absolutely sucking down all this content and all of these matches, and I am just in heaven right now, as I'm sure most of the planet is. Um, and we're going to get started um, we're going to mimic the layout of last episode. We're going to run through the games for uh, the second and third match days. And of course, um, uh, zero in on the big Brazil matches. Um, but before we do that, we do want to express our um, best wishes and prayers to uh, the greatest player of all time, Pelé, um, who is in the hospital uh, once again. Unfortunately, his health is, he's had a lot of health issues. So um, we do just want to uh, give our thoughts and prayers to him and his family at this at this tough time. Um, and with that being said, uh, let's jump in to the second round of the group stage. Um, and we'll start off with Tunisia and Australia. Australia getting the win. Uh, Duke getting the own uh, or the only goal. Um, any comments on this one? Probably two teams that not a lot of people are having a lot of expectations for um any thoughts on, on these teams in this match yeah as we remember in the first stage Tunisia had the better result uh, of course tying to Denmark and Australia although getting a first goal against France uh, they were unable to keep that winning result and lost 4-1 but that just explained how a team like Australia is capable of scoring and they did so although just scoring one they got the three points and a really good uh, result for them as they fight to reach the the next stages. Yep. And uh, another team that got a good result in the, the first match and not in the second, Saudi Arabia, despite their shocking win against Argentina, they go down uh, to Poland, 2-0. Robert Lewandowski getting on the score sheet. Um Poland are an interesting side. I don't think they're going to be very, um, you know, impressive in terms of the competition overall, but they do get a good win here. Yeah, of course. And you could see with the result, the goal, uh, the first goal that came from Poland by Zielinski and then Lewandowski, they had a little bit of a tough time against Saudi Arabia. Of course, they got the three points against Argentina, which meant that, uh, Probably the next two games against Poland and Mexico, they were fighting for that draw to reach five points, but they were unable to do so. And I'm pretty happy for Poland. Uh, I think they deserve to go into the next stage alongside Mexico and Saudi Arabia, although winning last week, 
they're not a team capable of uh reaching high spots in this World Cup, so it's okay if they didn't make it past this game. France beating Denmark 2-1, killing Mbappe, of course, doing his thing, uh, adding um two more goals. Um Denmark two losses in their first two games. Um, or excuse me, um uh well drawing with Tunisia and um and a loss to France, not in a good position. France, um, obviously in a much better position. Um, a lot of people have Denmark as a potential dark horse, um, although it's not looking great for them. They need a result in the, the last uh match. Um, and of course, France looking strong as ever. Enric, how do you feel about France, Mbappe, and their chances? And um, what's going on with Denmark? Uh, are they weaker than what we thought? Yeah, France is a really dominant team, capable of scoring at any moment. They have uh, two fast wingers, Kylian in the left and Dembélé in the right. And although many people were thinking that uh, Benzema's miss is going to cause problems for France, it didn't happen to be so because Oliver Giroud has been scoring goals, as we saw in the game against Australia. And Denmark, a team that was hoping to get a draw in this match, and as soon as France scored with Mbappe in the 61st minute, they hit back immediately with Christensen, a great header scored by him. The ball, I think, uh, hit a couple of players, and Lloris had was unable to save the shot. And France kept fighting and fighting. They got a second goal, a very important three uh, points against Denmark. And in my opinion, although Denmark has been a dark horse, not only expected uh, for that to happen in this World Cup, but as we've seen in the Nations League or in the Euros, they're a team that lacks uh, high-quality players. They have Braithwaite, they have Poulsen, who plays for Leipzig, I think. So there's not a leader in the team, and without a leader, you can't get results. And uh, great points there. I agree with that. Um, Shifting over to a team that does definitely have a leader, that wears the number 10, and that got a result after a shocking defeat. Argentina bouncing back, beating Mexico 2-0. Messi and, of course, Enzo Fernandez, who's getting a lot of praise after his performance, um, uh, both for for Benfica, but especially for Argentina in the World Cup. Um, Argentina looked better. Yeah, of course they did. And Messi, as you said, the leader of the team, leads his uh, home nation. Although they had that shocking defeat last week, they were able to get the three points against a tough side like Mexico, a team that uh, you wouldn't expect to win the three points easily. And Argentina did so. And good game as well by Enzo Fernandez. It's a Benfica player, a young talent that almost anybody around Europe, I have heard uh Barcelona being linked to him a couple of times. So let's see who he's going to join maybe in January. Yeah, that'd be awesome to see. He he definitely, Benfica are a huge club, but um, he could definitely play for one of the most elite sides in the world, uh, like Barca. Um, Japan losing out to the humiliated Costa Rica. Um, Costa Rica, remember, took seven goals uh, in the first game versus Spain, and they bounce back. They get a win. First Japan. Yeah, another shocking result 
result. Uh, that goal, I believe, was the only shot on target during the whole match for Costa Rica. And creative thing, they got the three points against a Japan that uh, beat Germany last week. And really, they tied they're tied in the group with Japan, three points each team. And really, anybody can go into the next stage with that, with this result. Yeah, and we'll talk about the dramatic finish to Group E uh, a little bit later. Um, let's go to Morocco and Belgium. Morocco getting the win 2-0 over uh, the Belgians. Uh, surprising results, I think, to a lot of people on paper. Morocco, of course, lots of quality uh, in, in their side and a few really top-tier players like um, uh, Ziyech and um, some of their other uh, other players. Um, thoughts on here, and, and also we just want to comment, absolute scenes in Belgium. Obviously, Belgium is a large Moroccan population uh, living there, and, and they were going wild, uh, a little too wild, but it's okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Belgium, I think, deserves to be much better uh, with the results in this game. A little bit before the World Cup even started, they had not good performances at all. I believe they lost to Egypt 2-1 in a friendly prior to this World Cup. And then even in the match against Canada, they didn't look dominant. Uh, Canada was pretty much having fun during the whole entire match. And although Belgium was able to score and keep that 1-0 advantage, still they didn't look good. And they definitely didn't look good either against Morocco. Two goals scored in the second half by the Marquians and a disallowed goal, I think, in the 45th minute of the first half. And it could have been 3-0, even worse for Belgium, but they need to do better if they need to if they want to compete against high quality teams, just like they did in the 2018 World Cup. Um, what about Croatia and Canada? Two sides. I think Croatia obviously making it to the final last year. I don't think anyone expects them to repeat that. Canada a bit of an unknown quality um, quantity uh, kind of doubt their quality in a lot of aspects of the pitch, except for, of course, Alfonso Davies, great player getting on the score sheet here. But in the end, it was a pretty straightforward Croatian win for one. Yeah. And although Kida was uh, able to score first, a very early goal, as we've seen in this uh, world cup, whoever scores first normally ends up even, even, either tying or losing the match. And that's what we saw in the game against Croatia. Croatia scored two in the first half and then another two in the second. And Canada didn't look good defensively, although they had that advantage until like the 30th minute of the match. They were playing with three defenders uh, as if they were winning 4-0, 5-0. I don't know what the players were thinking. I don't know what the goalkeeper was thinking, making late runs and things that you wouldn't expect from a goalkeeper in the World Cup, but a result that you can change and you can compete with a European uh, nation like Croatia. Yeah. And two other European nations, and this was one of my favorite games. I think this was a game that was, um, I think for a lot of the football purists and maybe even football hipsters and people that like tactics and and maybe not the the amount of goals, but really the high quality and tactical and strategic uh, level of football. People that enjoy those aspects would have loved Spain won, Germany won. Um, 
really fascinating game. One of my favorites until, well, we'll get to the drama later on, but this was probably one of my favorite games of the World Cup that I watched in the its, its entirety. Um, two unlikely heroes, too. You look at the team, uh, Alvaro Marata scoring for Spain, um, and then in the dying embers of the game, uh, Nicholas Fulkrug, who wasn't even going to be in the squad, uh, the Werder Bremen player, uh, scores a great goal, actually, for, for Germany. Um, and he's, uh, he's having himself a really nice World Cup. Um, and a, a great uh, entry to the the more global view uh, of him and 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 the German team. Um, thoughts on this game and its quality? I think this game was uh, very different sided, comparing the first and second half to each other. In the first half, we saw football that both teams were trying to analyze each other and see how they were doing attackingly and defensively. And as soon as Spain scored with Morata, Germany was trying to hit back. Of course, they couldn't uh, continue with two losses in a row. And one point at least was crucial. And although they had a lot of chances with Sané, Musiala, Gnabry, they missed a lot of opportunities that could have given the winner. And sad for Germany and good a result for Spain to get a, a point, which makes it four for them so far in the World Cup. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a great was a great game, and and I think uh, both teams, maybe Germany, would like to get would like to get the win there, but um, but both teams, I guess, content with the point. I think if you told them that's that that's what they'd be getting at the the beginning of the match. Um, another really entertaining match. This World Cup is really heating up. Cameroon three, Serbia three. A bit of back and forth uh, football here as the Cameroonians took an early lead. Uh, and then the Serbians jumped out ahead. Uh, but uh, Vincent Abubakar, uh, the guy that came out and um, uh, said basically <laughs> Mo Salah is not that great and I'm better than him and all this stuff. Well, he's he's putting his money where his mouth is and he's he's coming up big for Cameroon. They end up making it 3-3. Enric, um, really fascinating game, especially when you consider that this is the group Brazil. Yeah, I agree. And Abubakar, as you said, has been really good in this World Cup. And Serbia, it's been disappointing in their side. I believe they should they should have had goals scored with other players as well, like Mitrovic, Tadic needed to get in the score sheet. And although they scored three, uh, there were two goals ahead against Cameroon. They weren't able to keep that advantage. And Cameroon uh, came on, Abubakar scoring that crazy chip uh in front of the keeper and Chupa Moting as well. We all know how good he's been with Bayern this season and he got in the scoring sheet, 3-3 results. Serbia, very bad for them. Or for both teams, actually, it's very bad because they both lost their opening matches and either side needed to get the three points in here. Yep, nothing to split them there. Um, another great game. Uh, Korea, South Korea, two, Ghana, three. Um, and another another tale of um, lead changes and um, you know uh, dramatic equalizing in the space of two or three minutes. Um, how did you enjoy this one? Yeah, this was a pretty exciting match as well with uh, Ghana scoring two goals and Korea coming back with Cho Gyu Song. I believe uh, over social media how uh, he had 
30k followers prior to this game and after this he has currently 1.6 million it just tells you how big the world cup is compared to other sports and everybody is waiting for this uh for this event every four years and although they tied a result against ghana kudos a very young talent scored the winner for ghana and gave him three points which they really needed in the in the group yeah, definitely. And uh, credit to us, um, because Ghana, if you remember, uh, Brazil had a, f- uh, a friendly against and uh, Mohamed Kudas was one of the players that we uh, we talked about. Um, of course, he plays for Ajax, big club. Um, and uh, so it's maybe a bit obvious, but uh, still, uh, Enric and I patting ourselves on the back. Um, all right. Before we get to Brazil and Switzerland, let's just round it off. Um Portugal to Uruguay nil. Um, Uruguay would have liked to get something out of this game. That's for sure. Um, not in a great spot after two games. Bruno Farange getting both goals um, for Portugal. Uh, what do you think of this? This is another uh, heavy heavyweight, uh, but this time transatlantic clash. This was a match where a draw, in my opinion, would have benefited both teams with Portugal ending up with four at the moment and Uruguay two ties in a row and the potential three points in the next match but it didn't happen to be so Portugal obviously the better side especially in the second half scoring two goals with Bruno Fernandes one of them coming from a penalty kick and deserved three points in my opinion Uruguay had their chances they weren't able to score and on the other side, if you don't score, then you concede, and that's exactly what happened in this match. Yeah, yep. And honestly, I thought Uruguay would be doing much better. I think in my little bracket that I made on FIFA.com, I had them getting to the semifinal, and it's 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 going to be, uh, you know, a bit of a challenge in that last game that we will uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. But now it's the big one. This is the Smoking Steak Podcast. This is Brazil one, Switzerland nil. Um, a lot of injuries going into this one. Um, and as such, uh, unfortunately, Neymar, of course, does not get, uh, get the start. Um, so it's Lucas Pacata coming in, um, Eder Militao as well, starting at right back. Um, before kickoff, Enric, what did you think of the lineup and how optimistic were you about, um, about those players coming in and did you have any other um, players that you would have rather come in? A lot of people are saying Rodrigo um, in for Pacata, kind of that behind um, behind the, the front three player, that Neymar role. Um, what do you think of the lineup going in? Well, if Neymar would have been in the team, I would have been pretty optimistic about the result. Uh, I would have said that Brazil would have surely won the game 2-0 or 3-0, but without Neymar, as we know, uh, we're not really strong. Maybe it's um, something that we face mentally as a team, but I think uh, Tite did pretty good with the selections that he did. He made uh, it was a pretty good formation. I liked how he changed it up from 4-2-3-1 into 4-3-3 in this match. Although I would have liked to see new players on the right side instead of Rafinha, maybe Anthony or Rodrigo on the right, and then somebody to replace Richarlison because I don't believe he had a good game after that performance against Serbia. And overall, I think, I believe he could have done better. And then especially Fred too, he didn't have a good match here. Better midfielders uh, are 
as an option and he should should have used them instead of Fred in this match. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to see someone other than than Fred. I was honestly hoping for Bruno Gumarash, as I think a lot of people were. Um Pakata as well, you know, I think um you know I, I think he's a great player. I think he's a really exciting player. Um, and maybe it's just my Santos bias, but I would have loved to see Rodrigo in that role. And he did eventually come on in the second half um, and was pretty good, uh, but I would have loved to see him start. So I was right there with you. And I've, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Edermino Tau um, at, at the right back position, and they kept the clean sheet. So uh, defensively, I think Brazil was, um, was, uh, was in good hands with him on the right side. So let's dive into the match. Um, as things started, uh, you know, Brazil looked a little bit different than we saw against Serbia. I agree. I think Brazil didn't have a dominant game like we saw against Serbia. Although we had a lot of chances still, that we weren't able to crush the opponent. And that's exactly what killed us in this match, not able to find an early goal. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like we got a lot of half chances, uh, you know, a lot of good runs, um, you know, good looks that could have been, but maybe the shot didn't come off or, um, you know, for whatever reason, they, they did the, the chance didn't just fully materialize. Um, I did have the feeling that something was got to give. Uh, I thought that we were um, uh creating, you know, these, all these half chances. I think if I thought, you know, if we got one, especially at the time I was thinking Richarlison, just get the ball on his foot. Um, and he did have a few chances as, as we'll discuss. Um, but, uh, but unfortunately he couldn't get it done. Um, Vinicius jr. Though, I thought, uh, we shot him out before the tournament. Um, I thought he was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, he played really good in this match, and he did so even in the uh, first game. He was, in my opinion, the best player in the field, and even in this one, he was sparking in the wing, although he got a goal disallowed because Richarlison was offside, and Richarlison really not in his best form, uh, missing some chances that he could have easily scored, especially after seeing that bicycle kick he scored against Serbia. And then Casemiro scores that amazing volley, half volley that summer was motionless, not able to not only stop the shot, but even try and give an effort to saving it. Rodrigo spared a huge chance in the 93rd, uh, a shot that was saved by Akanji and a Brazil team that seemed to be very happy with even a 0-0 draw if that goal by Casemiro didn't come as early as we saw. Yeah, yep. Um it was, uh, you know, as we advanced to that that Casemiro goal that would eventually be the winner, I was getting a little nervous. Like you said, Richarlison missed that chance um, uh, from the Vinicius cross. Uh, Vinicius's, um, uh, his his goal was being disallowed for Richarlison way offside. Um, and even uh, Vinny's chance um, that he had on target that Jan Sommer, who, by the way, is one of my favorite keepers, um is uh made the made a great save um, although Vinny kind of scuffed it um but uh but yeah I thought Vinny was great um he just didn't have that that finishing touch until of course the move that uh that brought the Casemiro goal uh Vinny to Rodrigo into Casemiro then great 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 finish um but when your defensive midfielder is the one scoring the goal I mean it's nice to have but 
I think you prefer to have your strike force um, uh, going much stronger. So in the end, three points, I think it was a good result, but it does worry me that psychologically uh, and even as a team, you know, they might not be as jollying as much without Neymar. Of course, Danilo missed this match as well. That's why Militao was on the right. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he, maybe we don't hear about it as him as much, but, and he's maybe a quieter guy, but I think he has professionalism and experience that everyone respects. Um, and I, I think he's a good stable force in, in that team as well. So hopefully when those guys get back, um, you know, the team will look a little bit more fluid, a little bit more prolific, um, a little update on the Neymar injury, uh, as we conclude this part, um, uh, conflicting reports. We don't know if he's going to be back for the round of 16 um, or for a little bit later on in the tournament. Uh, we saw him swimming and, and going to cryotherapy at the hotel during, during this match. Um, and as uh, we might just briefly touch upon a little bit later, he was at the match versus Cameroon um, warming up a little bit on the field, uh, but uh, still no confirmation when he's going to come back. Um, Danilo and um, Alexandra, who also picked up a knock um, in this game, should be back uh, for the round of 16 game. All right. So now let's finish it off. The last crop of matches just ended today. Uh, we're recording this on Friday night um, here in the U.S. Eastern Standard Time. Um, round three, all sorts of craziness going down in this uh match day i guess you could say or this match um let's go in uh chronological order uh lots of craziness we said not a lot of craziness in this match netherlands 2-0 for qatar qatar the first hosts in quite some time maybe ever uh not getting even a single point in the group stage they are sent packing um pretty straightforward right Enric? yeah and netherlands was the better Side, scoring two goals and getting those three points which are really needed in group a yep and another goal for cody gakbo um who is making lots of waves uh in this world cup um ecuador unfortunately uh the first south american team to be uh eliminated in this one uh they go down um despite you know valiant valiant effort uh, one to two versus Senegal. Um, and of course they get undone by the big center back, Kaidu um, Koulibaly, uh, big Senegalese uh, center back scoring in the 70th minute. Um, Henrik, did the right team go through, the better team win? No, I don't believe so, especially after watching Ecuador, that first game against Qatar. That's the game that probably everybody was uh, watching live, the first match of the World Cup. We all saw how good Ecuador and Ana Valencia was and a really exciting team that I was hoping for them to go into the next stage. But as you predicted, I as I remember in the very beginning before the World Cup started, you said, that Netherlands are going to pass first and then Senegal are going to be the dark forces and Senegal is through. Yep. Yeah. They are through the African champs, uh, punching their ticket to the round of 16. Um, another straightforward win, uh, for England beating up on Wales, uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, um, getting, uh, a, a brace 
And Phil Foden, the much clamored for Phil Foden, uh, adds a goal as well. Um, anything to comment on this one? I wonder why it took England so long to score that first goal. Uh, <laughs> as we saw, the first half ended 0-0. And then as soon as the second one began, 3-0 for England. And they got their ticket to the round of 16, just like Ecuador and Netherlands. Um, yep. Uh, they go through, and I think pretty much everyone had them as well. Uh, epic grudge match in terms of geopolitics and, of course, football. Iran and the U.S. Or U.S. Uh, getting the win. Captain America, Kristen Pulisic, uh, getting the goal um, late in the game. Um, uh, unfortunately, getting injured as well uh, in his collision with the goalie. Um any thoughts on this one, U.S.? is You think U.S. is, is for real? They'll, of course, be going against the Netherlands, um, a team that there will definitely be the underdog. Uh, but just how good is this U.S. side? Yeah, U.S. really impressed me in this match. Maybe it was an Iran side playing much defensively, given that they only needed one point in order to qualify. And as soon as U.S. conceded, then Iran had everything to play for. Although still not looking too dominant in the field, they were not able to tie this match and they go to their nation and the United States is too. Very good news for us as Americans and we'll see we'll see how we'll perform in around those games with Polisic. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very, very interesting. And and yeah, I've been I've been impressed with the US team. Again, I think I voiced my pessimism a bit before, but uh, good on this. And and like you said, you and I are gonna keep rooting for them. Um, great stuff for them and and uh, and Iran credit to Iran. Um, of course, uh, lots of stuff going on back home for those guys and um, and uh, you know they they had a valiant effort. And I think they're a good team. Of course, US I think more quality, but Iran a very tough customer. Um, so uh, big big credit to them. Um, very surprising. The next game we're going to talk about. Didn't see this. Of course, France littered with injuries and rotating their sides. So, uh, you know, I was listening to a, another um, uh, podcast and they said they basically had their third team playing, which I guess you say. Um, but still, uh, Tunisia getting the win. One nil on the champions of the world. Enric, what do you say to that? Yeah, what a game that was. A uh, result that nobody saw happening. Uh, pretty Crazy result for Tunisia to win against France, the uh, previous World World Cup champions, and not only that, they they finished uh, the group with, I believe, four points. And it's sad how this win didn't give them their ticket for the next stage because it would have been pretty exciting to see how they would perform in the next round if they managed to pass. Yeah, Tunisia, a country I think is very overlooked, but with some talent. Um, exciting to see, you know, where they're headed, uh, whether they can get some momentum in uh, the African Cup of Nations, perhaps, and kind of do what Morocco's done uh, when, and turn themselves into a powerhouse of that region. I know they have some pretty good clubs in the African Champions League um, based in Tunis and, uh, and elsewhere in the country. Um, but the other group game, another shocking result. And uh, I saw the scenes in Melbourne, and those Aussies were going crazy. Uh, I've got to make it to Australia one day. Uh, but Australia won, Denmark zero. The I think the 
most obvious dark horses and uh, impressive Danish team um, in the Euros just a few years back, crashing out last place in their group. Enric, what's going on here? Yeah, very crazy result. As you mentioned, I thought that Denmark was not only going to easily manage to get through, but maybe even beat France for that first spot. And they ended up fourth with only one point, a shocking result, but very good for Australia. They ended up with points tied with France, and it's only that goal advantage that didn't give them the ticket for the first spot and maybe potentially play easier sides in the round of 16. Yeah, and, and we're going to get to it a bit later, but great, great results for the AFC teams. The Asian teams really doing well. Um, moving on to the uh, Group C, uh, what some call the Group of Death, um, but I guess there were a few groups of death. Uh, Argentina really needed a result here, and man, oh man, uh, Messi got a penalty. Things were looking good, and in the blink of an eye or the blink of a glove, Chesney shuts them down and it looks bleak for a moment for Argentina, but they do in the end get the win. Uh, McAllister and Julian Alvarez, former River Plate man, um, and the former Boca, uh, Boca player. So both sides of the big um, Buenos Aires derby getting their players on the scoreboard. Uh, Enric, how did you find this match? Yeah, this was a pretty good match. Uh, Argentina winning again. 2-0 just like the previous game against Mexico and a pretty good result which meant that Argentina were finishing first with six points but not so much so for Poland because only one more goal conceded would have meant them going out of the World Cup and on the other side we had a Mexico team uh, beating easily Saudi Arabia but them as well they needed another goal which would have uh, sent them through I believe until like the 89th or 90th minute, both teams had the same amount of uh, points uh, equaled at four, the same goal difference and same number of goals scored. So the only thing that would send one team to the other in favor of Poland was the yellow cards. And that was just crazy to think about until Mexico conceded one from Saudi Arabia. They still had a chance to potentially score third and pass instead of Poland, but nothing happened as they planned and it's a shocking result for Mexico lose even although winning they got out of the world cup and something that we haven't seen in year, recent years yeah the mexican fans you know i i i have a certain amount of though they are closest rivals in terms of us being americans um you know i i like to see other concacaf teams especially the big north american sides canada and mexico do well uh, i guess i'm weird in that way but yeah, Mexico crashing out and um, Mexicans, I feel for you so many years tortured by not getting through the round of 16. And this year they don't even make it through um, pretty, pretty dire showing from Mexico. Um, but, you know, with that sort of population and that um, and that uh, passion for the game, I think they'll be back. They'll be back sooner rather than later. Um, Saudi Arabia, of course, finishing uh, uh, they you know, they got the win, but. Uh, against Argentina, but bottom of the group, um, not too much to say about them, um, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, Group F and a surprising group winner. And one of the favorites I think some people had, 
going out. Uh, Croatia and Belgium tie, no goals between them. Very lackluster match. Um, and the Belgians going out after accumulating only four points and negative goal difference. Yeah, if if there's a team that I'm very happy to see go out, it's Belgium, uh, <laughs> given that they beat us four years ago. Uh, a win that still reminds me of bad moments uh, in that uh, quarterfinal. In my opinion, they didn't deserve to go through, but it was Frank's fault uh, always for scoring that own goal, the opening goal of the match. And Belgium didn't look good. Uh, Croatia had their chances. I believe they had a clear penalty uh, potential to score, but wasn't given by VAR because of a potential offside, which was honestly one of the worst calls that I've ever seen. Both players uh, on the same line, and then because of uh, the sh player's shoulder, the ball wasn't counted, and the players was offside. And Belgium, really shocking performance. Lukaku coming on. I'm not sure if he came on or he started in this game, but at the very end, he missed like four clear chances, and he's probably going to remember that for the rest of his life. Yeah, he had that wide open where he hit the post. And, oh, you know, I'm with you. I wanted Belgium to be gone. Uh, I didn't enjoy being knocked out. I stayed late at work four years ago to watch that match and came away very disappointed. Um, so I'm happy to see them go. But, yeah, it's it's too bad for that golden generation. Um, they are going to be headed home. And I think that was a pretty big shock to uh, – to everyone in, in the footballing world. Um, on the other side of things, Morocco win the group seven points. They are undefeated through their first three games, beat up on Canada. Not too much of a challenge. I don't think we had mentioned Zayesh um, earlier in the, in the uh, pod uh, and he notches a goal. Um, and so Morocco do get through and they look pretty good. Yeah, they did, and Morocco, I believe that they would win easily given that Canada was already eliminated from the group stage, and Morocco had everything to play for. Three points would have meant them ending up first and potentially playing the winner of the other group, which we're going to talk about in a second, and a pretty good result for them to pass the next stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another potential group of death here, Japan, Spain, Germany, and Costa Rica in group E. Uh, I read them in an order, that order for a reason. Uh, that is the final um, uh, table there for group E. Japan beating Spain. They beat Germany and they beat Spain, but somehow they lost to Costa Rica. 2-1, uh, um, Doan and Takana, uh, or Tanaka, excuse me, um, getting the goals for Japan and Murata again for, for Spain. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of uh, grief over the years, but um, he can put the ball in the back of the net um, thoughts on this one. And of course we'll, we'll, we can talk about how it ties into the other match. Well, just like we've seen in almost every uh, high quality team, this world cup, the first half performance has been amazing by each side. Uh, Almost everyone has been able to win 1-0 in the first half, but then somehow the small teams, uh, not small, but teams that don't have high-quality players uh, showed up in the second half with Japan 
scoring two with Duan and Tanaka and the second goal, a controversial goal, as we saw, the ball uh, barely passing the line and it was called, everything was called okay. And Japan get the win against Spain, but not the same thing happened against with Costa Rica. Although uh, Germany was able to score first, just like Spain, Costa Rica came back scoring two. One of them uh, was a goal scored by Neuer, an own goal, and Kai Havertz turning up and scoring the next two goals until Germany made it 4-2, a pretty good result for Germany on their side, but they needed Spain to at least tie this match in order to pass the next stage, and a pretty shocking result by by Spain, which eliminated, kind of eliminated Germany from this World Cup. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you said it there, there's a lot going on, but um, uh, yeah, Germany getting the win, but can't progress in the group. This group was crazy uh, throughout these two matches going on. Um, even for a brief, glorious three minutes, um, I believe it was Japan and Costa Rica both going through uh, when it was in the 70th minute of these games. Um, Kai Havertz getting the brace and Fulkrug popping up again. Really good player. I think he leads the Bundesliga or he's up there in the Bundesliga top scoring. Um, so great season for him. Um, and uh, he looks like a player that could be even uh, on the move, if not in January this summer, um, uh, with a big big money move to a, a, a top, top side. Um, but uh, he's quality. But yeah, um, Japan beating in Spain, getting the six points. Spain just going through on goal difference. Uh, Germany had four points as well. They were desperate. Uh, in the end, um, and uh, unfortunately uh, for them, it's going to be their uh, second straight World Cup where they crash out in the group stages. Um, for me, I'm happy to see them go, if I'm being honest. Um, since 2014, I haven't been a fan. Yeah, I haven't been a fan either. Uh, that loss, the 7-1 against Brazil, is going to be remarkable in my childhood childhood, and it's a result that nobody wanted as a Brazilian to ever experience and I personally got to experience it young I was 14 years old and I remember that night really well my whole family is a big German fan and they've always kept telling me like hey why do you support Brazil why are you opposite always but it's a team that I've always liked and it's a result uh, I'm pretty happy of because my family members get to stay away from the World Cup watching the other teams go and play in the next rounds, and they're not there. Yeah, well, now you can shove it back in their face. All <laughs> right, so Japan and Spain move on. Um, great result from them. Another group where I think AFC are going to be very happy. The Asian uh, Football Confederation, uh, South Korea beating Portugal, Cristiano's Portugal, um, Huang Hichang, uh getting the game winner in the 90th minute. Um, side note, uh, uh, I think in FIFA 18, 19, one of those, he was a star for my Ajax side uh, when we won the Champions League. But anyways... Uh, great result for them. Um, they uh, 
we're probably not expected to go through with a team like Uruguay in the group. Uh, what do you think of uh, this match, Korea and Portugal, and um, its implications for Uruguay-Ghana? Peter, do you remember what I said earlier about teams scoring first in the opening <laughs> minutes? They always end up losing, and that's what we saw here. Uh, Korea that turned up big, not only in the second half, but in the first half by tying the match. And that goal by Kim Hyung Guan gave him a lot of confidence and able to score a second uh, after a very good run by Hyung Min Son, which passed the ball to his teammate. And a 2-1 result meant that no matter the win uh, between Uruguay and against Ghana, uh, Uruguay was going to go up and Korea ended up second. Yep. Yeah. And um, like you said, that the sun assist on, on Huang Yichan's goal was, was excellent. Um, and yeah, it meant that Uruguay are, were going to go out. Um, they needed another goal. They only beat Ghana by two um, and they just couldn't muster it. But we do have to talk about Uruguay. Very disappointing World Cup for them, obviously. Um, maybe we can get on uh, the uh, Warriors of Uruguay guy um, on Twitter to uh, to talk about that. But we've got to talk about the goal scorer. He gets his first start in the World Cup. I think a lot of people are clamoring for him to start from the, the beginning. Uh, we're talking about him, of course, because this is the Smoking Stake. We're the Brazilian Football Podcast. And, of course, we cover the Brasileirao. Brasileirao is probably arguably the best player Georgian de Hascaeta, de Rascaeta, um, getting both goals for Uruguay in his start. Uh, fantastic performance from him uh, and some of the other Uruguay players, including um, uh, Suarez. But it's just not enough. They can't go through. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, pretty good result for Uruguay, although they should have certainly gotten a third goal and not let their hopes on Portugal to tie against Korea. And Deras Cayeta, a really talented player, although he's not young at the moment. Uh, he's a player who could potentially reach top levels in soccer or football, as they call it in Europe. And I think that whenever there's a World Cup happening every four years, this is the big stage and sort of like a passing exam where each player, a good high-performance uh, player in the World Cup, makes a move to Europe something that we saw, I remember in 2010, uh, after that uh, World Cup that Suarez had, he made the move from Ajax to Liverpool, and that's what happens with big players as well, and I really believe that Arascaeta, he might play at most six more months at Flamengo, but after this, uh, he's certainly making a move to a big club, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, and that's not to say that Flamengo aren't a big club, but I think he could go the route of Gustavo Scarpa and make a um, not a late life, but, you know, a later than normal um, arrival into Europe. I think he definitely a great player. And I think a lot of people now have been talking about him for a while. And I think his performance today uh, would have raised some eyebrows. All right. Last one before we get to Cameroon and Brazil, Serbia going down to Switzerland. Shakiri again, scoring against the Serbs. He likes doing that. Um, uh, Mitrovic, of course, getting uh, a goal as well. And Vlahovic, um, a team, Serbia, I honestly, I thought that they might even be a dark horse and get through the group um, on the back of Vlahovic. I know he had been injured, but uh, he's a player that I really like and, and highly rate for Juventus. Um, but Switzerland getting the win. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought too. I thought Serbia 
is certainly going to get second in the group. Although uh, I would have liked Switzerland to continue. And after that chance that Serbia wasted against Cameroon tying 3-3, I believe that there was no way for them to even get past Switzerland. They needed a win for sure. And even though they had a 2-1 advantage, they weren't able to keep that for long. Switzerland coming back, uh, scoring with Mbolo, Fruller, and a pretty heated game. So I believe uh, Switzerland is going to do very good in the next stages. Uh, we're going to have to see who they're going to play next, and hopefully they get winning results. Yep, yep. And as you mentioned, Switzerland punched their ticket to the next round um, just on goal difference, as we'll talk about now, because a shocking result, um, Cameroon beating Brazil 1-0. First African side ever, I think, to beat Brazil at a World Cup. Um, of course, the team was heavily rotated with Brazil already confirmed going to the next round. For a moment there, it looked like if Cameroon got another or if Swiss did, uh, Brazil could have ended up in second place, um, which would have meant a much harder opponent in Portugal. Um, but like I said, heavily rotated side, Gabriel Jesus coming in as striker, um, Anthony Rodrigo, Gabriel Martinelli, uh, as our friends at the uh, Italian or Anglo-Italian podcast will be happy to see the Arsenal fans over there, Rory. Um, Fabinho and Fred, uh, a distinctly negative midfield, I think you could say. Um, and then, of course, we've got Alex Tells, Bremer, the Juventus player, Eder Militao playing at center back, Ederson and Nett, and then the old man, the gray hair in the room, the captain, 13 Danny Elves uh, starting at right back and actually playing the whole match um, at 39. Very impressive. Um, if only Brazil were as impressive. Um, what would you think about the lineup when you saw it? And did you have much optimism? Did you think, you know, that they were even trying to do anything but just collect a point? Well, coming into this game, I knew that Brazil wasn't going to fight for the win. Uh, maybe a tie would have been a pretty good result for us. And I thought that for sure we're going to see a high-scoring game like we saw in the 4-2 win against them in the 2014 third game, just like now in the World Cup. I hope that there was going to be a lot of goals scored, uh, maybe a 2-2 or 3-2 for Brazil, potentially a win. And... I'm not really a fan of the formation that Tite brought back. It's the 4-2-3-1, which worked really well against Serbia. He changed it up against Switzerland, and maybe that pressure by Brazilian fans uh, for scoring only one goal got into him, so he tried to go back to that original formation. But things didn't work out as planned. Uh, I like the changes that he made. He brought up new players. I like the Anthony selection in the right wing instead of Rafinha, uh, Martinelli playing on the left. I think he was pretty good, very fast with the ball there. And even in the midfield, why stick Fred again? We saw him in the last game. Why not have uh, high-quality players like Bruno Guimaraes as he came on in the 55th minute? He could have started the game and uh, performed much better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't really satisfied with the lineup either. Um especially the Danny Alves. I think I said on the Anglo uh, Italian podcast that things would have to be going really either really wrong or really well 
Um, and I think they weren't going either going into this game. Um, no reason to play Danny Alves, but uh, I guess it is what it is and no harm, no foul at the end of the day. Um, Brazil, though, not – I don't want to be an alarmist, but uh, they didn't look terribly great. Um, I think a lot of different players playing in, uh, you know, with uh, a side that probably doesn't get a lot of practice time. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, I mean, everyone knows he's such a good player. Can't buy a goal um, for Brazil. Um, and it's it's really unfortunate to see. Um, of course, Cameroon um, – you know, I don't want to write them off because they do have some good players. Chupo Modin that you that you referenced earlier. Um, of course, the eventual goal scorer uh, of also Abu Bakar. Um, and then Zambo Angisa, another another player that I, I really rate, um, uh, of course, started for Cameroon as well. Um, so they were a pretty good side in attack, no? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cameroonians were very good in this match. They were challenging in attack and all Although Rodrigo had chances to score, there was a 1v1 situation where he was tackled by a Cameroonian player. Could have been a red card, but they potentially probably had two players in there, so he escaped uh, the red card. And Bubakar's header was really amazing too. He didn't really have to make any head movement to put the ball in, just uh, guide the ball into the net, and Ederson was unable to do anything in order to stop that. Bruno Guimaraes had a huge chance missed. Uh, he had time to let the ball drop a bit in the 90th minute before shooting it in air, and somehow the ball got on top of the net. And looking and analyzing this game, it's shocking not only because Brazil lost, but it's a team, Cameroon, Cameroon is a team that has already been eliminated and they had no chance of going into the next stage. So the, re, the fact how they got into this game and fought for that win, uh, is pretty shocking. Uh, we saw games uh, between Tunisia and France, as we mentioned earlier. Tunisia had nothing to play for, but uh, they, I mean, they had something to play for. They could have qualified, and that's why they got the result. But why Brazil? Why not crush the opponent and get as many goals as possible? And maybe this is something that is going to hurt us, but the Neymar injury, in my opinion, was one of the best news because we got to experience what it feels like playing a World Cup without a big star and uh, getting the weight and other players' shoulders too, not only Neymar's. Yeah, I think that's it's you know it's a big thing. Uh, you saw it with Manchester United and, and and even a person like Jonathan Wilson has said this about Portugal is that you know he is of the opinion that they Portugal played better without Cristiano Ronaldo and I think there's a portion of people that they feel the same way that Brazil somehow plays better without Neymar. Of course, the stats don't back it up. The eye test doesn't back it up. And now you look at these results and they don't back it up either. I think that's a very foolish thing to think and say. Um, it's obvious that Neymar definitely uh, helps out. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that we're happy not to have Neymar here, but not having him here means that he's going to be available in the next game. And this is not a competition like Copa America 2019 that we easily won with Harden, but because it's uh, teams that we usually play either in a friendly or, or another match between South American sides. And this is a, a competition where I think Tita said, if you miss an, miss an opportunity here, there's not a, another chance. You lose here, you go home. And that's exactly what the, the mentality should be. We should not 
avoid these matches. And even in the upcoming games, we play South Korea on Monday and we shouldn't neglect them either because we've seen how uh, Asian teams have been when we played against them in friendlies. Yep. Yep. So hopefully I think everyone will uh, take some lessons away from this, including Chiche um, uh, on his team selection. And I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more of a sharp Brazil um, field up with those starters. Uh, just a few other things. Pedro came on, um, as did Everton Hebero, uh, two players um, that uh, play, of course, domestically in the Brasileiro. Um, only Weverton, the third stern keeper, is uh, – the the only player who hasn't hit the hit the pitch for Brazil now. Um was hoping Pedro would uh grab a goal on Everton Herbero actually um was pretty good, I thought. Um but um but it's unfortunate neither of those players could find the target. Um I think I'm not sure about the striker question, but uh I'd like to see Pedro get a little more time and hopefully he gets the chance. Um, all right, so let's jump into the final stages. Enric, I'm going to put you on the spot, of course. You're going to need to make a prediction uh, as we run through these. So first up, we've got Netherlands versus U.S. Um, what, what, who do you think is going through there? United States have been very good in the group stage, and we've seen Netherlands uh, be not as much of a good side as we should have expected, but I'm taking Netherlands here either a 1-0 or 2-0 when the United States is not going to be able to do anything without Pulisic. And I think Zimmerman is not going to play and that's going to cause problems in the defense. Yeah, okay. Uh, Carter Vickers, yeah, wasn't my favorite player, but I guess Zimmerman wasn't really either when he played. Um, I'm just going to be a little different. I'm not really that interested or fascinated or impressed by Netherlands. I think U.S. is going to go through um, and... Probably that's just me being a little now overly optimistic. I've been overly pessimistic. Now I'm going to go optimistic. Um, Argentina, Australia, I think is much more straightforward. I'm going to Argentina. I don't even need to explain why. Enric, agree, disagree? <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And I think we've seen the, enough of disappointment from Argentina after that first game, and they have no more time to mess around here. Yep, agreed. Um, next two feature uh, matches, I think the favorites are going to go through. However, I do also think that they're going to be a little bit tougher than people think. Uh, France and Poland, I'm going to go France. Yep, I'm going France 2-1 win. Lewandowski in the score sheet for Poland, and maybe Mbappe gets one of the two goals. Yeah, I think, I think Giroud and Mbappe probably again for France, and I'll be with you. Um, on that Lewandowski. Um, England and Senegal. Again, I'm going England. Um, I kind of had a, a dud of a pick. Harry, Harry uh, Kane is leading the tournament in assists, but not in goals. I think he's going to get his first goal versus Senegal. I think they're going to go 2 uh, nil up on Senegal. Yeah, and I think England's going to pass too, but it's going to be 1-0 in my opinion. Senegal has been very good. They have good defenders like Koulibaly, and England's going to struggle to score in my opinion. A lot of goals. All right. Um, I'm going to be go keep sticking with the AFC theme of this podcast. I'm going uh, Japan, getting the win over Croatia. Enric's shaking his head. I don't know about this pick. Uh, could could come back to haunt me, but I, I'm, I'm feeling it. I think <laughs> Japan are going to win. I think Croatia are just a little too, too flat, and they had their time, and it was in 2018. 
I'm shaking my head because I think this is a prediction that we're making based on who Brazil can play in the next <laughs> round. I think Japan will win too, but that's what I wanted uh, from, from Japan against Belgium in the 2018 World Cup as well. And things didn't happen to happen as they did. So I hope Japan wins. And if Croatia wins too, I'm going to be totally fine with it. Okay. Um, speaking of Brazil, Brazil and South Korea, I think we're both probably going to be, uh, you're going to really surprise me if you're going to go Korea, but I'm going Brazil. Yep, I'm going Brazil, of course. 3-0 win, uh, Neymar in the, in the match. I think he's going to go off and shush these haters that have come along in Twitter and all over social media recently. Yeah, I like that. 3-0, and I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Vinicius. If Neymar's back, I think he slots in one. Uh, I'm going Vinicius, definitely getting a goal as well. Maybe even Richarlison chipping in. Um, all right, Morocco, Spain. Um, love Morocco, but I think it's the end of the line for them. I think Spain are going to play their tiki-taka. Then they're not going to score. They're going to bring on Morata, and he's going to score. It's going to be 1-0 Spain. I think Spain is the better side in this match too, but I'm going Morocco. One nice. nil or two one win in this match. So surprising result in my opinion, but it could potentially happen. Nice, I love it. Uh, another this last match here, Portugal Switzerland. I think I'm not really convinced on either side to be honest. So it wouldn't surprise me if Switzerland do get the win. Um, I do think Portugal is the better side. Um, this is a tough one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with my gut and and go with Portugal. Uh, probably just a one nil win yeah i'm going with portugal too and different than other matches i believe that over here we're gonna have at least three or four goals so i'm giving portugal the 3-1 win they're not gonna mess around in this match either just like the other big teams and they're looking to qualify for the next stage all right all right, so just before we go, we'll just mention uh, the some of the top scorers, uh, Gakpo, Mbappe, Morata, Rashford, and Ener Valencia, all with three goals in three matches. Um, all those players, pretty high quality, you'd say. And Gakpo, I think, the only one that may look a little out of place just because, not out of place, that's the wrong word, but just, um, you know, maybe not on as many people's radar. Um and then in terms of assists, of course, my scoring pick for the tournament, Harry Kane, zero goals, but uh, three assists. So good for him. Uh, do I feel vindicated? Not really. <laughs> Anything to comment before we uh, close? No, this is a stat that surprised me too. And I saw him having three assists, no goals. I was like, okay, that's weird. That's like Suarez or Lewandowski score or assisting more than scoring. That's pretty odd. Yeah. But all right, we will leave it there. There was a lot of football that we got to uh, talk about. Um, and yeah, we will be back and we'll, we will continue, of course, to talk about Brazil and the World Cup. Uh, but until then, uh, we will uh, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>